Since the beginning of time, people have always found creative ways of communicating. This is my way. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and we need to talk. everyone and welcome to not for nothing today i'm joined again by the fabulous ethan howard ham hi guys Hello. how's it going pretty good um i will admit to the fact that um you requested last night that we get up at a reasonable hour and you know work on this and do a little episode before we take a little drive just for fun mm-hmm. and we got up at nine o'clock and i was like are you struggling almost <laughs> a little bit I mean, that's the struggle of a lifetime, I guess, because I'm a morning person and yep. you're not. Like, we were talking yesterday and I, it just sort of hit me how to describe it. You kind of ebb and flow throughout the day. Yeah. I wake up with a full tank of gas and my foot, no matter what I try to do when it comes to energy, my foot has got the pedal to the floor. And I'm burning gas hard. And the later the day gets, the less gas I've got. And then by midnight, I'm like, I can't do anymore. Um, the best way I ever heard described, heard it described was on uh, the podcast Best Friends with mm-hmm. Nicole Byer and Sashir Zameda. Yep. Where they said that normally, in like normal life, Sashir is the morning person and Nicole sleeps in. But for whatever reason, when they're on the road together, it's the reverse. And Sashir will sleep in and wake up and find Nicole just staring at her. And she'll say, oh, thank God you're awake. I have so many thoughts to share. Yep. That's, and that is you to a T. But that's the thing. Us out of town, That's I'm still the morning person. I'm like, come on. Oh, yeah. we're, in a, we're in a city that we don't live in. We've got a finite amount of time to see the entire city, including people we've never met. So let's go. Yep. It's been a journey. <laughs> what has been a journey? <laughs> this, Especially these last few days. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll say that I, I've tried to really find the self-help guru who um, can describe it best. Uh, is it deep seat of the soul or long journeys day into night? It's been a lot. I've been a lot to deal with. Have I not? I mean, I don't want to say you've been a lot to deal with, but... I mean, I don't want to say a lot of things that happen to be true. <laughs> <laughs> um you have you have had some things going on within that have come out and i have been involved in them let's just put it that well, way well we were we were kind of doing some work on different projects i'm sort of bumping around the old noggin for myself and the best way i mean the best way that i describe it right now is it just came up today <laughs> i said the struggle is you've got to be yourself you know, because I'm, I'm on a podcast, I'm doing some other stuff, I'm a performer. And that's the whole thing is you got to be yourself. And I don't usually have a problem being myself. I'm, I'm very comfortable with myself. But I said it today, the problem with trying to be myself so much right now is I don't like myself right now. And I'm like, why do I want to be myself? I don't like it. And I don't think you're going through some kind of like, huge crisis inward crisis where you're like oh i hate myself and i don't understand why anybody would ever like me i think it's a combination of smaller things for you like your hair is a little crazy because it's quarantine and and it's it's really not the physical i mean it is the physical i mean let's break it down for a second it is the physical like my hair is giving me grief uh i was scrolling through instagram which i'm not one of those people who scrolls through instagram and like cries because I'm not them Mm. but I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw a friend and he was out living his best life looking fantastic and I just said what's the point why don't I just crawl under a rock and die and I'm like that's not me yeah and so that's what I don't like I don't like who I've become right now like my my true self is self-deprecating self-doubting and like I have another friend who who's really hard on themselves 
about their weight and their physical appearance. And I try to really, really, really like help them see that you have to love yourself at every size, every shape. You have to, everybody has the potential to look their best. And I don't believe that right now about myself. I'm like, ugh, I'm so ugly. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't have the courage to just be myself. And that's why I'm like, I don't want to be myself because my true self right now is like a real nasty bitch Mm -hmm. to myself. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't, I don't appreciate that. I'm, I'm in a fight with myself right now. We're not talking, but I keep talking. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. And you get to live every bit of it because we live together. Well, I think that's really relatable. And we can't see other people because we're in quarantine. Yay, me. I feel like most people go through times like that. Do you? I think it's been a long time, but <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. not me. I know, but no, I'm, I'm pretty every day but and I'm good the, at my job and no, I love my life. <laughs> but this is the thing. I went through continuous years, basically from high school slash college to the year 2015, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went through, I just lived life in that space. Of like, I don't think I'm attractive. I don't think I'm clever. I don't think I'm funny. I don't think I'm interesting. Why would anybody want to be friends with me? Everybody who is friends with me, quote unquote, just pities me. Like, I went through that. Mm-hmm. And then something happened and the lights turned on and I came out of the cave. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty okay, actually. Yeah. And I've just been there for the rest of, thank God, been there for the rest of, for, from then to now. But I feel like. It's also super relatable for most people to go through those ebbs and flows like you're going through where sometimes you feel like you're super, you know, you're the best thing ever and you're, and you're hot and all that. And then you hit the valley mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't want to leave my house because I don't want to subject the world to me right now. Right. I, that's where I'm at. And um, I will be honest when you were like, I did that and then now I'm fine. It makes me want to sabotage something in your life and you not know it just so you'll have something to deal with. Well, thanks for putting that on the record that's for everybody to true, hear. That's my true feelings. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm like, Although, I what will can say, I ruin? Like, what can I screw up for you that'll just give you some character building moments for a day or two? Do you want to just go over there and like throw the switch against the wall and no, be like, No, because that's, th- you know me, I like, you and I fight about how we treat things. I treat mm-hmm. things a little better than you do, mm-hmm. but that's because I treat everything as if it were a baby mm-hmm. like everything literally everything like yep. the cat bowl i wash it incessantly because i'm like there's stains in the food and this is our stuff and we have to keep it nice so i mean it's it's not a dig at you that i treat things better it's sort of my mental illness that comes through to show for sure so i mean at some point but then sometimes i'm like can you just look at your phone and look at mine one of us is doing life right and it's not you <laughs> well, <laughs> let me back up then. But then, because if, but then, if anybody were to come and dig a little deeper, they'd be like, "Oh, this does not add up." <laughs> so, I'll back up then for you because uh-huh. I will say that I I feel like it must be true that whenever somebody really starts to get into social media, like as a means of promotion for themselves or whatever, like I want to do more social media, that can they start to get into it. And they go, oh, I'm garbage because everybody else is out there on social media being great at it already, you know, and broadcasting their best selves, living their best lives like it's what they do all day, every day. And we all know it's not. We all know the only people who do that are maybe like the top tier celebrities. And even then, they probably aren't being extra fabulous all day, every day. Well, true. But that's what we all see because that's what we all want others to see, you know. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. You go to my social media, and I don't really have a lot because I'm really busy trying to live life. Exactly. But also, I am an improv actor and someone who's kind of making it an endeavor to entertain the masses, and I'm not entertaining the masses. I'm entertaining (laughs) the few (laughs) because I don't post on Instagram and Twitter and all the social medias and everything. I'm getting better. Well, I you mean, couldn't pay me enough to be on Twitter. I mean, I don't know. I like Instagram. You could not. I don't care how much money you get. I don't care what. If it wasn't money, I don't care if it was a house. I would not be on Twitter. 
So that's going to be a fight because <laughs> we live together. And if somebody offers you a house to be on Twitter, I, you, I better see you tweet your ass off. Like, you'll figure it out. I don't care if you have to follow Donald Trump and tweet at him. He's a lovely little boy. If somebody's offering me a house, I'm we're going to we're going to make Twitter our bitch. We'll see. So um, I will also say, though, um, but we I get your point and you don't have to be on Twitter. But the second someone offers us a house, I want you to sell your values mm. for that house for just a moment. I see. Notice I didn't even say like a mansion or anything, just a house. Mm hmm. Just even a 1,200 square foot even house. Even a house that we own that's the size of the apartment we live in now, I would still want you to do it. Mm-mm. Because that's no rent. Mm-mm. No rent paid. But anyway. Um, we were talking earlier about how something that we can both do to kind of become better at social media is to always sort of kind of have in the back of our minds a search for, oh, this is a good moment. Because mm-hmm. the other day I was... Um, having a little, you know, quarantine hang with some friends. And we were sitting at a park just like above the beach mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. And one of the girls said, stop it. You have a drink in your hand and it's yellow and your glasses are yellow and it looks good with your shirt and the sun is shining on you and you look great. Let me take a picture of this. That would never occur to me to do because I'm living the thing, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily looking to capture the moment. And I think that, you and I are kind of living in this weird sort of push and pull about that specifically, Mm -hmm. because on the one hand we want to be better at, you know, posting those moments for other people, but also for ourselves to be able to go back and remember. But then on the other hand, we're trying to live these evolved spiritual lives where Mm -hmm. we're not always looking to capture the moment and we're just trying to live the moment. Well, and that is the balance because it's very alarming that you and I have been together for 10 years at the amount of pictures we have together. It's Mm -hmm. quite few. Very, very, it's very little. very few. But that's because we've been living life and we don't live with an editorial eye. And we, and I don't know, it's a struggle mm-hmm. because do I want to have a more editorial eye for real life? Like, I know I need a more editorial eye for, um, for being on social media and being someone who is a performer and everything, but... Do I, I don't want to lose myself to the editorial eye. I don't want to lose the moment to the editorial moment. I don't want you and me to go on a vacation and the entire vacation is for someone else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, want, I don't want you and me to be walking around the Louvre and taking photos of each other in a dramatic fashion next to the Mona Lisa, which you can't do because there's, I've been to the Mona Lisa. There's never a moment in the moment at the Mona Lisa where there's not a horseshoe of people crowded around it. I don't know, but I do want those pictures for us. But then it's like, if I have them for me, I should give them to other people because people like pictures apparently. Well, the example that I can think of is something that actually ties into what we're really here for today on this episode. Mm -hmm is um, the world of skincare and beauty. And um, when brands, when big brands like Tarte used to do this a lot, um, would send whole crowds of influencers to Bora Bora or the Maldives or whatever for these fantastic, fabulous tropical vacations and give them all these new products that they're coming out with, they would say, we'll send you on the plane to this place And you do your thing. Have a good Mm -hmm. time. However, while you're there, you have to take this many photos, this many videos, this many posts with these products, blah, 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 blah. And I just wonder, are these... I wouldn't mind that. But my question is, are these influencers so busy doing their jobs, like thinking about where should I go? What would be the best lighting? Where's the best place to post this? What should I look like? Should I wear my bathing suit? Should I not? Should I be posing? Should I blah? How do I do this with this product? How do... Are they thinking about it so much the whole time that they don't look around and go, oh, I'm in the Maldives right now. Probably. I would say that because you always hear about these people who who go to like these different cities and they never see the city because right. they're working. But at the same time, I don't think that's something that you and I would have a problem with because we we're, we have a more living life oriented brain. But I will say that I posted something like I'm – I've been talking this week about my social media philosophy, and this is such 
I mean, I'm sorry if people are listening and just hurting gagging. themselves, gagging and rolling their eyes. But I have been thinking about my social media philosophy today. I posted a new video on my Instagram at Kyle L. Henderson. And um, I had added some hashtags that I haven't used before. And I sort of did it with an, a new philosophy. You know, I tried to be in the brain of a, someone who's good at Instagram because I'm not. And instantly somebody I don't even know started commenting on it. And I was just like, oh, this is thrilling. This, this could, I could see how people could get addicted to social media because I do have a Facebook group um, for this show and I know everybody in the Facebook group pretty much. If I don't know everybody, I at least talk to them because they're in the Facebook group. And so their validation is, it means a lot to me. It means a lot that they like the show but the fact that someone is commenting on something that I don't know, I'm like, oh, this is fame. <laughs> like, it's not fame, but you know what I mean? Like, I get it. I get the fame allure. Someone you don't know giving you praise. That somehow carries more weight to some people. And I could see how it could, but I don't want it to be that way. Yeah, it's been a lot this week because that's what I've been trying to think about in the midst of the fact that I am depressed and anxious. Yeah. So, um... And that I hate that explanation of what's been going on with me this week has just it just sounds so trite, depressed and anxious. It's been dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but you you you've been wonderful to help me through it. You, I've been I've gone back to work, um, at my day job, part time. I'm just a part time day job person. Uh, you have been out of work since March fifteenth. Is that right? I think that's right. 15th or 16th. The date of this episode is the 28th. So that is... Of May. Of May. So that's two and a half months. Over two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Or it's two and a half months that you've been out of work. And I likely won't be back at work until July. At three months. That's a quarter of a year. Yep. A quarter of 2020. That's a season. Like, you did not have a job. Yeah. And... That's a lot. And there's people everywhere who's been a quarter of a year out of work. Yep. That's big. How are you doing? I mean, I'm doing fine because, yes, at the end of the day, I've gone a whole season without working. But some people, some people that we know have Mm -hmm. gone just as long without working and they still haven't gotten their unemployment in. That sucks. Yep. And there's nothing they can do about it. I do feel like... We, we hear the politics of it. We hear the mismanagement of it all. And I hear all that. But I do feel that everybody at their core, and that when I say everybody, I mean everybody in our lives, everybody in like normal life, not government, they really want to do well. They really want to like do what's right. But it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Basically, it's just a day-by-day thing for me. Like some days are better than others as far as how I'm feeling emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to sort of keep, um, active. And what I mean by that is, you know, I do some yoga, I get out of the house and walk around the neighborhood. Um, I try to find a couple of tasks to do throughout the day, whether that's vacuuming or, uh, something like that, just something around the apartment to kind of like keep busy. Mm -hmm. Um, because if I, I do, I have found that if I spend too much time just sitting around watching TV or, playing super smash brothers or something like that. That's when I can start to feel that anxiety come in. Mm -hmm. But as long as I'm, you know, doing something, getting out of the house, getting some fresh air, then I'm, I'm, I'm tend to be pretty okay. Yeah. Cause I know that I just kind of keep trying to remember that this is temporary and we here in LA County and in California as a whole are starting to see, the light at the end of the tunnel? A little bit. I mean, I, I, I definitely feel like there's something evolving right now. I can't put my finger on it, and I don't think I want to, because if you say, it's over, it's ending, we're on we're on the downhill slope, it, you know, I don't want to be there. I, I don't want to say that, but I do feel something changing. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about your life's work.
All right, let's get into it. Let's let's get into what you can be of service to the world for skincare. Yes. I'm super excited to be doing this today because this is kind of like my first my first time doing any kind of, you know, in-depth talk about skincare in a public way. Well, I'm glad I could be your first. Yay. Um so you are an esthetician. Correct. And that is someone who gives facials at a spa. Correct. That is, is not somebody who puts people to sleep before surgery. Right. Everybody, people are like, oh, cool. Whenever I tell them. I am not do. a millionaire. And I was like, <laughs> well, if he was an anesthetician, I would not have a day job. Right. Just saying. Um, I mean, I might if my day job was performing because um, that's all I would be doing because you'd be rich and we'd have a house and we wouldn't have bills. All my bills would be paid. Um, but as far as that goes super quick. Is there anything more that I should say? Was that too overly simplified? No. Okay. That's it. Esthetician. Do you want to speak on anything about how you became a esthetician An esthetician? Yeah. Um, I'll give like a little quickie version of the story. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was going to college in Alabama for theater, dropped out. We moved to New York. Mm -hmm. Um, I had been there or we had been there for about a year and I realized that not only had I not done anything to try to become an actor as I was planning on doing, but I didn't want to. And I also didn't know what else I was going to do. So I was kind of at a loss, Um, but I had been working at Sephora for a lot of that time and had gone from being a cashier to working in the skincare department. And I was just obsessed with everything, not just skincare, but the makeup and the fragrance. And I just loved product and I loved learning about it. But I was especially into skincare. Um, so as I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, my parents and you and my friends and everybody were like, you really are into skincare. You should try to find like a job in skincare. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like what, like retail for the rest of my life? What, what does that mean? And I think it was you who said, well, doesn't Aveda do some kind of well, professional skincare program? I was a customer service manager at Sephora Times Square. You were working at the other Sephora Times Square location. Right. We were in two different locations, and two of my coworkers were going to Aveda through the esthetician program to enhance their job at Sephora, which, from my understanding, did do nothing. Nope. It did nothing. They didn't get more pay. They didn't do They were just spending this money. But... I was like, you know, they're doing this program, but I I was just like, maybe it's something to look into. And I just kind of, I didn't even think of it as planting a seed. I was just looking, thinking about figure, you know, see, see what it's all about. Maybe it's something you'd be interested in. From my understanding, you took one look and you're like, oh yeah, there we are. Yeah. Path found. I looked it up on the website and bells were going off. I was like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is what I want. First of all, I was like, duh, of course you can't just walk into a spa and say, hello, I'd like to perform facials, please. <laughs> like, you have to know what you're doing. So um, I went in for the... Basically like a hair, like someone who does hair, a cosmetologist. Yeah, same You same go deal. through the program, you sit for your boards, and then you're a cosmetologist. Exactly. You go through same the program, deal. you sit through the boards for that state, and you're an esthetician. Yep. And then you didn't go back to Sephora. I did not. Um, I, you know, went through the program. It was great. Made some great friends. Learned a whole lot. Got my license through the through the state of New York, and then got hired at an Aveda salon and spa in Soho. Mm-hmm. And I was there until we and you did really well. Like you kind yeah. of excelled, and now you're successful here too. Yeah, I and I spent about two years, two or three years living Aveda. Like while mm-hmm. I was at the school, I was also working at the Aveda retail store three blocks from the school. Yeah. So I would go to work in the mornings, leave in the afternoons, and go to school in the evenings, five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I finished all that and got my license, worked in an Aveda spa, uh, at an Aveda spa. And then when we left, came here, and uh, I didn't have my aesthetics license here in California. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't. And do we'll facials. say the licensing bureau in California, they're very particular. They are. I thought New York was tough. California is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a job as the front desk 
staff person at an Aveda salon mm-hmm. with one treatment room for facials and waxing and stuff like that as well, with the intention of becoming a licensed esthetician there and working as a facialist there, mm-hmm. which is what happened. Um, but it was a learning experience because it was all very much building that business from the ground up and yeah. I needed money mm-hmm. and I was not making money because I did not have any clients. Yeah. I mean, um, we thought, I mean, I will say that our independent of your endeavors and independent of my endeavors, we decided to move to California to live out our endeavors on the, on the opposite coast yeah. because we just had this notion that it was going to be an easier time living um, than in Manhattan where we lived. Mm-hmm. And, we both had to build from the ground up and it was like, Oh God, was this a mistake? And then like two years in, we're like, no, it was not a mistake. We're okay now. And yeah. That's, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wonderful great. that we are there. Um, so I kind of had that hard talk with myself about like, what do I do about this? So mm-hmm. I sat down with the boss and said, said water lily. That's what I call myself. Water sometimes. lily. <laughs> um, and I said, Hey, bottom line, I need more money and I need to think about some things. So I'm going to, what if I took a step, step back from the spa room mm-hmm. and went back to front desk? And he said, if you want to do that, that's fine with, that's fine with us. But we need to look at this as a temporary thing because this can't be your safety net. You have to like do the jump. And I was what like, a great boss. Oh, he's great. What a great person to just be like, no. Howie and Carly at the establishment <laughs> in Silver Lake, Lake, California, the best people, the best people. Anyway, after a little while, I had to sort of be tough with myself and say, hey, let's do what we came here to do. Yeah. So, Which is interesting because you and I both took, we, we did what we had to do to make the money, to pay the bills, to do whatever. Like I spent six months being a financial bookkeeper, yeah. which was real stupid. You don't want somebody that's not good with numbers digging around in <laughs> your finances. Um. Yeah, that was bad. I cried a lot. Yep. Um, Good times. I got yelled at by people. I had a lady who tried to sue the state of Oregon because she was crushed by patio furniture on her private property during a, a rainstorm. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, well, you can't sue Mother Nature. You should have tied your furniture down. <laughs> but anyway, it was just, you know, we were doing stuff yeah. to get by. And that's what you're doing. But now you're just doing your thing at the at the salon, at the, at the establishment in Silver Lake. But you're also... Um, an esthetician at another spa too. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I sort of realized I needed to go further, I applied for jobs at various places and ended up getting hired by Burke Williams, uh, for their Santa Monica location. Um, so that's where I've been doing most of my work since so for the past year. Him. Please do. Once we're open again. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Forgot you don't work. So tell me a little bit about your philosophy of skincare. Does, is that too vague? No, I think I know what you mean. Um, So I think there's understandably this sort of perception that skincare is all about looking good and that's it. You know, you have to live up to society's standards of what beauty is. You Mm -hmm. have to have clean skin. You have to have no wrinkles. You have to have no pores, this, that, and the other. I don't see it that way. You're talking to a person who went through pretty moderate, we would call it, acne, basically from the time I hit puberty to... Mm -hmm. When we were in New York, like for years I had it. Well into your 20s. Yeah. Of a time that I, it was very foreign to me because I had, I didn't have bad acne, but I had acne growing up in my, you know, puberty, adolescent years. But mm-hmm. as I was getting into high school, it just kind of faded away. Oh yeah. Like when we first met, I was still going through it. And you, monster that you are, the way you washed your face <laughs> was to take a washcloth, wet it, drag it down your face. And that was it. You were done. That. And not a pimple on you. I don't know. I mean, you, out of, what is it they say? Out of necessity breeds innovation. Yep. I had no necessity to <laughs> move beyond a wet washcloth. Yeah. I didn't know. So um, I learned firsthand the difference that good skincare can make in your self-esteem. Because when you have those good products... And they do something for you and they make that acne go away. And then they clear up the dark spots that that acne left over and the scarring that that acne left over. And your skin becomes less oily because it's getting more balanced. You feel so much better about yourself and mm-hmm. you feel so much more confident. And it just creates this positive chain reaction for people. And it's not just me. I've seen it in guests that I've had and clients that I've had. You know, People mm-hmm. who would come back to me regularly and we have seen together the change in their skin and the change in their personality yeah. and their confidence because of that. That 
is what skincare to me is all about is yes, looking your best. I think we have to be honest. There is a certain degree of shallowness to skincare and to makeup and beauty. You want to look good. That's part of it. I don't but, even know that it's shallow because I, I don't, I don't want to keep bringing it back to me, but back to me. <laughs> um, but no, I told you something like a, a while back. I said, I really, really, really want, cause I'm trying to, I, w- I was trying to really decide what my, my wardrobe should be, how I should wear my hair, the accessories I should wear. And you're like, why is this so tough for you? And I said, I really want the outside to reflect who I am on the inside. Absolutely. And I know who I am now on the inside. And I, I don't think it's shallow to say that you want to present your best self. I mean, it shouldn't matter ever, but it always does. Yeah. To other people. Like when you go into a meeting, when you go to a job interview, when you go on a first date, it matters. What you look like matters. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like rather than, Try to beat around the bush and say, no, it's about inner beauty and blah, 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 blah. And it really is. It is, but like we also have to be realistic. Beyond beyond that job interview, beyond that meeting, beyond that first date, if they're still focused on what you look like, it they're not for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, and so it really is inner beauty, but... But if what you look like makes you feel good and that got you that job, yeah. that's what it's all about. And, you know? I, and it, it does. I mean, it really does. When you've got a good haircut, when you're wearing your favorite pair of jeans... When you have a clean, fresh face, mm-hmm. you walk a little taller. Yeah. And you, you're you bold enough to make that cheeky little joke that you wouldn't yeah, have made exactly. in, in the first place. It, it does matter. And it's easy for people to kind of look at getting facials as this fluffy luxury thing that only the, the lucky few can do. Mm-hmm. But I know from personal experience that it can get a whole lot deeper than that in that treatment room. You might be working on the mom who has had pretty severe post-pregnancy melasma ever since she What's had her melasma? baby. It's when certain areas of the skin, usually like the forehead and the ch- and the chin and like the apples of the cheeks, mm-hmm. become significantly darker with pigmentation, and it's a hormonal reaction. A lot of women get it after um, pregnancy. It's called pregnancy mask sometimes because of that. So you're potentially dealing with postpartum depression. Yeah. And also your face is effed up. Exactly. And you don't know why. And they don't know what to do about it. What a terrible situation. And they don't know what to... Oh, I am passionate about the the idea that everybody who is alive needs to learn as much as they can about pregnancy because it is so much deeper than some people might think. Anyway... Mm -hmm. I am a man. I am not super even familiar with that myself, but I think that would help a whole lot of people and a whole lot of problems if people really knew what pregnancy was. You know? I mean, when I think about it, I mean, it really, it really does seem like some science fiction stuff. It does. I mean, it's just like, what just happened to this person's body? And you that's know. the thing. It doesn't just stop when the baby comes out. Like it's still going on, mm-hmm. you know? And so you might I because might, our brain function is tied to belly fat and our skin care is tied to like it's all tied yeah, that's, together. That's like, another part of it for me. That's, a, is, an, that's another part of my philosophy is your skin is literally your body's largest organ I and mean, it's exposed to the elements. And I remember too, this is something I learned when I was working at Sephora and I, you know, I don't hold any of that to the standards anymore. Like I don't, I don't like think about that. I think about what you tell me Mm -hmm. is my, you know, my, what I think about skincare, but what they told us at Sephora told us (laughs) what they told us at (laughs) Sephora. Um, what they told us at Sephora was that the skin is the message board to tell us what's going on in our body. Like if you're imbalanced somehow, um, you'll get acne, you'll get redness, you'll get oily. Is that true, or is that just that's up for debate? That's, that's more of a like a that's more of a like concept of like let's sell some products. Yeah, that's more of a like Eastern tradition kind of thing. This idea, I mean, face mapping, I think came from China. I'm pretty sure. Somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but um, face mapping is this idea that like every area of the face connects to an organ in the body. Oh, so if you get like belly troubles, your cheeks turn red or something. Exactly. I mean, that might not be the connection. I don't remember. But what like something part like that. Where, you, but yeah. like you've got an oily T zone, so that means you are constipated. Yeah, like something was like if your nose is potential is constantly red, you might have heart problems. If you get breakouts on your chin, then you then it's hormonal, and that's 
that's really one of the only ones that we kind of accept as fact is when, especially women, get, you know, big, like large, angry, deep breakouts around mm-hmm. the chin and mouth and the jawline area, then it is a hormonal thing. It tends to happen around mm. with their cycle, you know. So do you believe any of the face mapping stuff? Do you believe I it or know. is it just like... I mean, I haven't done a whole heck of a lot of research Or is it a waste it, of time to like think about it too deeply? Let's just exactly. get to it. Let's, Let's just get do to it. it and just who use cares? Good, just use good product, eat good food, drink your water. Go to your doctor. Go to your doctor. if you have a heart problem, he'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to... Look and, you know, test the redness of your nose to know if you're going to die of heart disease. Yeah. Gotcha. As far as like skincare, because I know that there are a lot of people, skincare can be overwhelming uh, for some people because you want to do right, but you just don't know where to begin. And mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that I'm just like, I'm okay, but if I didn't have you, I would be lost as a goose because mm-hmm. I, this is endlessly frustrating for you, I think. Because people are like, what is your skincare routine like? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know? I'm like, Ethan says, put this on your face and I put it on my face. He tells me what number. Do it first, do it second, do it third, do it fourth. I don't know. And that's my thing. And, you know, again, I I guess I'm a good walking billboard because I've blessed with good skin. And people are like, your skin is so great. I don't tell them. It's so natural. I tell them it's you. (laughs) Well, thanks. (laughs) I'm like, well, I'm, I, I am, uh partnered with a an, eth- an esthetician for life so i'm gonna have good skin for life hopefully one of the benefits but for those people who do not have a partner who's an esthetician and can just be like here try this mm-hmm. what is um where should somebody begin what would be the first thing they should think about when developing a skincare routine i'll never forget my first lesson into this sort of idea of starting literally from nothing mm-hmm. was I was at Sephora once and this woman came in with her boyfriend and she was like, help me. He needs skincare, but he doesn't know where to start. What should he do? And I said, okay, well you need to start with a cleanser. And he said, what's a cleanser? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you really know nothing. Mm -hmm. I see. Well, and that's the thing. They do use words that are, I won't say $20 words, but like they're $5 words for the same thing. Cleanser. You need a soap for your face. Oh yeah. Uh, a moisturizer. You need a lotion for your face. That's what I was about to say. Is so there's a, you can tell when somebody is into skincare and not because instead of face wash, they say cleanser. Mm-hmm. Or instead of face cream, they say moisturizer. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So that, that that is a little bit an easier way to break it down. But yeah, go ahead. So I always tell people you can have those, you know, crazy expensive 10, 10 step routines if you want and go crazy. Really, at the end of the day, everybody needs three steps. Okay. Only three steps, morning and night. Get your pen and pad ready, people. Three steps. So your first step is going to be your face wash or your cleanser. Um, If you have, like, combination to oily skin, you're probably probably going to want to go for, like, a gel texture. uh, Combination to oily skin. Yeah. Stop you there. What's combination skin? So combination skin is when somebody will have oily skin in certain areas and dry skin in some areas or oily skin in some areas and normal skin in some areas. We don't, we in the biz don't often use the word normal because first of all, most people don't have normal skin, quote unquote. What is normal skin? Where you just, you're not oily, you're not dry, you're not anything. But the concept of normal skin, normal, normal skin is sort of a misnomer, I would think, because Optimal skin is what they're talking well, about. Well, we say balanced skin. Balanced. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Or I say balanced skin. I don't know. What it, anyway. Um, we. Normal. Uh, also, I don't like the word normal because it makes it sound like if you have anything else, then you're abnormal. Mm-hmm. And the fact is the vast majority of people don't have balanced skin. Yeah. So. Um, Except for me. You're pretty, you're pretty dang close. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're a combination or you're fully oily, then you want like a gel type of cleanser that kind of foams up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk more about that later. But uh, and then if you have more dry, like slightly dry to very dry skin, then you want something that's not going to foam. So like a milky or creamy textured cleanser. Um, in the morning after you cleanse, you would moisturize again for the type. The appropriate type of moisturizer for your skin. If you're combo to oily, you want something lighter like a lotion or gel. 
If you're slightly drier, you can go for something a little bit richer and heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, your SPF. That is the single most important skincare product anybody can have. SPF is the thing. Um, in the evening, you want to, again, wash your face. After you wash your face, um, you are going to want to exfoliate. Now, when most people hear exfoliation, they think... Is that a must, exfoliation? It is. To me, it's a must. Okay. Some people will tell you no. To me, it's a must. Because exfoliation is so often the missing key for people who just have something a little off with their skin. Mm-hmm. They're like, I just feel like the surface is dry, but then it's oily underneath. Or I feel like my products don't sink in. Or I feel like my makeup sits wrong on my face. You need to exfoliate. That's usually the missing thing that somebody's not doing. So mm. everybody should do it. Um, it's also great for people with acne because it keeps the pores clear. It's good for everybody. It keeps the skin smooth, the pores clear, and bright. I remember uh, working from Sephora. Mm-hmm. They had an exfoliator mm-hmm. that was made of sugar. Yes. And it was the point of that whole thing was that the sugar grains like sandpapered your face. Right. Do you have thoughts on that exfoliant? I do. Like, do you? Because I know that I use an exfoliant that is just an acid mm-hmm. <laughs> that just burns, and I'm like, it's working. Yeah. Um. So, do you have thoughts on acid or as? Okay, let me not use my trailer park words for all this stuff. Use whatever word you want. I was about to say the acid on my face uh-huh. versus the sandpaper on my face. Yeah. Um. Do you have, okay, acid or sandpaper? So, Which one do you prefer? I was going to say, when most people hear exfoliation, they think of some kind of a scrub, like the good old St. Ives apricot scrub. First of all, if you have that, burn it, get rid of it, stop it. It's tearing your face up. The last time I had a guest ask me, no, I'm using this for exfoliation. Is that okay? I said, yeah, for your elbows. Ooh, that's good. I need to exfoliate my elbows. See, everything is good for something, but that's not for your face, uh-huh. even though they say it is. Um, if you're going to use a scrub, like a, we call it physical exfoliation. Um, a sugar sandpaper. Because you're physically buffing away the dead skin cells and the surface layers of the skin. If that leaves my face hot. See, I remember. Then it's not good for you. I remember. Um, I was like, well, it feels smooth, but it's hot. Right. That's That means it's not good for you. Well, I don't use it. I'll get into that Actually, in a minute. one time, Bianca, my work wife, and I, mm-hmm. it was a rainy day and no one was in the store. And mm-hmm. because it was made of sugar, we dared each other to eat it, and we did. It smells It smells edible. It smells so it good. It tasted like Coca-Cola. Mmm. <laughs> it's got strawberries in it. Um, anyway, uh, so... For, the, for most people, that type of exfoliation is actually not optimal. Um, if you have dry skin that is textured, which means flaky, like it feels rough and dry, mm-hmm. then some kind of a physical scrub like that is going to be beneficial for you because it's going to buff away that loose, flaky skin. Yeah. Um, you need to be very specific about what is in it that is causing that, that scrubbing. Things like walnut shells um, or sugar or salt, stuff like that is not great because they are typically rough and jagged and they create what's called micro tears in the skin. Mm. And that is basically... Doesn't that make collagen rush to it though and fill it with collagen? It does not. There's a there's a controlled way isn't to do that. that. Isn't that a, that's a thing though, right? People think you should be doing that. Well... You Let's t- not get in the weeds, but I'm just proud of myself for knowing stuff. Technically, technically, that is a thing that happens, but it has to be in a very controlled way. Mm. And if you're just in your shower scrubbing your face with a, with a scrub that's got nutshells in it, that's not controlled. <laughs> um, so I typically recommend using some type of an acid for exfoliation for people. That means the glycolic acid, lactic acid, or salicylic acid. Those are going to be the ones that you see the most. There are other types, but let's not worry about them so right if, now. Okay, so let's let's give some real-world help. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the store. Mm-hmm. I listened to this podcast and it said I need an exfoliant. Right. I'm going to go look for something. Right. This person that I trust on this podcast said glycolic acid, salicylic acid, or what? Lactic acid. Lactic acid. Mm-hmm. So now I'm at the shelf. I'm at the skincare, looking at the bright, beautiful space in Target or mm-hmm. in Walmart or mm-hmm. whatever. What am I doing? Am I looking for, am I picking up, an, and it says exfoliant, so I'm picking it up and I'm looking at the ingredients to find that. Right. That's what I'm looking. Glycolic acid, salicylic acid, and lactic acid? Yes. Okay. 
Sometimes they do exist in the same product, but those are quite strong. I was if about to say, good Lord, if how many just, layers are you taking off? Right, exactly. If you're just starting out, you probably should only go for one at a time. Okay. Um, and those typically are going to be in some kind of a toner or a serum. And should people be exfoliating every night? So if you're using an acid like this, typically, yes. Um, if you're just starting out, maybe you start every other night or every three nights, but you cool. do want to work your skin up to every night. Um so if you have normal, again, if you have slightly drier skin or you have some signs of aging, like fine lines or dark spots or something like that, then glycolic or lactic acid is best. If you have more congested skin, like you get breakouts or blackheads or larger pores, salicylic acid is best for you. And don't worry if you're not getting all this all the way. We're going to give Ethan his, we're going to give Ethan's Instagram handle so you can yes. send him DMs after this is over. Please do. Because I, that was confusing to me a little bit, but I know what you're trying to say, but I'm like, if you're starting off, it's it's a little overwhelming. Still, right. just those words. Well, I'm going to summarize. Enough. But um, so to summarize, we're starting our products. I need a cleanser, which is going to wash my face in the shower or at the sink if I'm not showering. Mm-hmm. I need a um, moisturizer. Moisturizer for the end, the final product before mm-hmm. sunscreen before SPF. Mm-hmm. Um, I need an SPF mm-hmm. and I, which I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk SPF cause we got some questions at the yeah, end. Great. Um, and we need exfoliator. Correct. Those that's four it. things is what you need. That's, that's all. So that's in the it. morning you wash your face, you do your moisturizer, you do your SPF in the evening, you wash your face, you exfoliate and you do your moisturizer Nifty. and you're done. And we'll, we're going to f- come back with some SPF stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I want to know something. I want to. I want to get into the kiki of it all about you because <laughs> you just gave four products, four four tasks. Mm-hmm. Those four tasks I do. Mm-hmm. You, on the other hand, have like nineteen tasks. Like I, it takes me about eight minutes mm-hmm. if I'm not shaving in the morning. Or in the morning, it takes me a little longer because I shave. I like. I like a clean, smooth face. I'm not about these lazy boys out here. Uh, with their stubble, no offense, you have it. Mm. But, you know, everybody's, everybody's got face hair. And I'm like, I like my nice, clean, smooth face. So I, I shave quite often. Mm-hmm. But when I'm not shaving, it takes me about seven to eight, seven to eight minutes to do my skincare. Mm-hmm. And I got good skin. Mm-hmm. You, it takes about an hour. It does not. The shower and all, for oh, sure. Oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Anyway. But, I mean, I, mean, I will say, though, it takes, me about, it takes me about seven minutes in the morning and about... Probably about 12 or 15 at night. But you have a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, um, because you're doing some serums, which mm-hmm. I'll, we'll follow up on another episode for that. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing. We won't get into that. Um, I want to know about you, though. What is, because you do, you'll try anything and <laughs> then you will, you have persnickety skin. I do. I really do. <laughs> and so things will break you out. It does not stop you whatsoever from using them. Mm-mm. You want to get into the trenches and figure it out and know what know the product inside and out so you know how to sell it to people. Exactly. And you know how to tell people how to use it. I want to know what is the most unnecessary product that you are just obsessed with. Oh, God. Like, what is so unnecessary? Where to begin? Well, really, the first thing... Because we're all extra. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is a mask. I don't consider masks a necessity for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a nice bonus to have. But nobody needs a mask. Having said that, uh, actually, our line at Burke Williams called H2V, um, we have a clay mask called Spotless that's really honest to God, unlike any clay mask I've ever used. It's so good. Really? It's amazing. If you have any kind of dryness, I would not put it on your face. It's going to suck everything out. But for me, because I have like combo to oily skin that's prone to congestion and breakouts, it's great for me and it works. So I'll do that every now and then. Maybe like if I'm being good, I'll do it once a week. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll do it every couple of weeks and just slap it on and then take it off with a, with a cloth. And I love it. That's so fascinating because you you're actually um, you're on the product development team mm-hmm. for Bark Williams. So yep. you're helping to create the line. Yes. And the spotless mask was one of the products that we said, don't touch this product. It's perfect the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> so as Ingre- as far as ingredients go, mm-hmm. what is something that people just need to avoid? Oh, goodness. <laughs> we could get into the weeds here, but we won't. I'll try to keep it as concentrated as possible. Um, if you're getting, I feel like for people who are newer to skincare these days, it can be even more intimidating mm-hmm. because there's so much chatter out there about like, this is bad. This is, this is good. This is things that everybody should avoid, blah, blah, blah. 
it's not that serious. There's really only a couple of things that I believe everybody should watch out for and avoid. And a couple of things that everybody should look for to include in their skincare. Mm -hmm. For things that you want to avoid, um, there's something called uh, SLS for short. It stands for sodium laureth sulfate or sodium laurel sulfate. It's a cleansing agent that you will find in a lot of um, like and cleansers that foam basically when you add water to them. So like your classic Neutrogena, your classic clean and clear, um, all of those that we think of when we think of like, so that's what makes it like real foamy. Uh huh. And it gives you that squeaky clean feeling. Scrubbing bubbles. That's pretty much what it is. It's detergent, you know? Um, now again, that is a little bit of a controversial thing to say because yes, it is a detergent, but the amount that's in the products isn't as much as you would find in like dish soap. Yeah. Um, but it's still doing the same thing. Um, ex- like over time, if the skin is repeatedly exposed to SLS, it has been proven scientifically to break down what we call our skin barrier. Everybody's skin has a barrier function that locks hydration in and helps to keep bad things in the air like pollution and uh, free radicals out. Mm-hmm. And if we break down that barrier too much with overly harsh products, free radicals. ingredients like... You want to define that real quick? So... Uh, I'll try. A free radical is basically um, an agent in the air that it's all about electrons. It gets very scientific. Basically, like a man in black. In layman's terms, it's an agent in the air that attacks the healthy cells in our skin and in our body. Like free radicals can affect organs as well, but not so much from the air. It's more, again, it gets more scientific than that when it comes to actual inner organs, mm-hmm. but just for the skin. When our skin is exposed to the air, there's free radicals all around us. And those aggressors latch onto our healthy cells and make them unhealthy. And that leads to advanced signs of aging. Mm. So we have what's called antioxidants in our products cool. that protect our skin from free radicals. But our skin also has a natural ability to protect itself. And so those from SLSs break down our break ability down that barrier, to that natural ability stop them. to protect itself. Gotcha. Cool. So we want to avoid that. How we also... How exciting. Like, that's very fascinating. Hmm. Like, I don't have any interest in, like, going deeper because I have you. But I can see how, like, it can be endlessly fascinating. I hope so. I'm super fascinated by it, clearly. I mean, I'm fascinated by it enough to have you. Like, you tell me stories. um, And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more, you know. Mm-hmm. But it is it is a lot. Of, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. But yeah, you you've broken it down. Um, something else you want to avoid is any kind of drying alcohols. You'll see it on products listed as SD alcohol or denatured alcohol. Usually, um, that exists as like a stabilizer or, um, a preservative in the formula, but it's, as you might imagine, very harsh on the skin to put basically isopropyl alcohol Mm -hmm. on your face. Uh, it does the same thing as the SLS. It breaks down the skin barrier and it causes dehydration. Um, and other problems in the long term. So we generally want to avoid that as well. There are a couple, and again, very specific, we won't, very specific, we won't get into the weeds on it, but there are a couple of really specific instances where it's okay to have those alcohols in a formula, but generally speaking, we want to avoid them. So you'll see them in a lot of toners. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you see something called an astringent, I guarantee you well, it's like, going to have what alcohol was that? in it. What is it, Clearasil? Yeah. They, that's all alcohol, right? It dries out your face because I remember the Clearasil pads. They were just yeah, alcohol that's, pads. Yep, basically to clear to cl- to dry out your acne. Exactly, and we have since learned that's not the way to do it. <laughs> um, but as far as ingredients that you want to look for, um, great things are something like hyaluronic acid, which is becoming quite popular and for good reason. Um, it helps to hydrate the skin. I it saw the, the Neutrogena skin. commercial with Eva Longoria. She taught us all how to say it: hyaluronic acid. Yep, that's it. Um, also, vitamin C is great for most people. What do you know? I can't use it. It makes my skin go crazy. Persnickety. Um, but, uh, and again, there's all different types of vitamin Cs. We won't get into the weeds. Just look for vitamin C, usually in well, a serum. I will say, I'm going to bring you back because, the, yeah, I'm going to bring you back because there's a lot more Anytime. that we have time to, to talk about today. Um, but yeah, and if you can't use vitamin C, then other types of antioxidants, because vitamin C is a very potent antioxidant that protects the skin. If you're like me and you can't handle vitamin C, there are other antioxidants you can look out for, like green tea is great. Um, usually in a serum form, you want these things. Um, I'm obsessed. Retinoids, 
that's what that's a fancy word that we use retinoid uh technically we would say vitamin a but um when you think of retinol um that's an ingredient that has been proven by the fda actually to prolong uh aging Mm. like you can literally say retinol is or vitamin a is anti-aging and you can say that legally that's because it something, is. See, I'm already building the next episode because that's something that, you know, is my, it's the hill I'm going to die on mm-hmm. anti-aging mm-hmm. because I'm like, we're all aging. Yeah. I, I, I get real upset when people tell me, um, you look good for your age or you don't look 33 or, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't like when you make a thing about age cause we're all aging. Yeah. Next year you'll be a year older too. Um, so that's going to be on the next episode, but uh, but I would say that retinols are like slightly advanced because there there's a lot of information out there about them and you can sort of overdo it and distress your skin. But if you're at the point in your skincare routine where you're like, okay, I've got the basics down. I'm ready for the next step. Look into a retinol serum. That's a great mm-hmm. place for you to start next. If you haven't gotten your SPF game down yet, do not do retinol because retinol does make your skin more sensitive to the sun which can actually advance those signs of aging even further. Liver spots. So, or is that just for the hands? <laughs> well, that's just for the hands, really. So we are uh, running a little short on time. So I'm going to scratch, scratch, scratch. There was a few other things I'm going to ask you about, but that'll come from another date because I want to get to the questions. We have some... Please do, I'm excited. We have some social media questions. So Amanda has a question for you. She says, hi, guys. Ethan, what is your preferred sunscreen and SPF level? I have fair skin, but I'm not just albino either. Well, Amanda, uh, that's actually a really good question. Um, Generally speaking, you want at least SPF 30. Um, I prefer SPF 50. Um, There's a little bit of a misnomer out there that there's only a 1% difference in protection that you get between 30 and 50. But again, to get a little scientific, that applies only to the UVB rays that you get from the sun, which causes the burning. UVA rays that we get from the sun is what leads to aging. And SPF 50 rated products have a lot more protection so than I, SPF 30. I want to just ask about that real quick. Mm-hmm. So what when we say we get a sunburn, mm-hmm. that's UVB. Correct. That's what burns us. Yes. UVA, we never feel it. Right, exactly. UVA, we're getting UVA damage all the time. Even if you're just out and about, you didn't get a sunburn today, but you could have gotten UVA damage. Yes. So that's why we need to keep using SPF. Exactly. Even when we're not like at the beach or by the pool, Mm -hmm. out in the sun all day. Yeah. Sun exposure gives us UVA. Exactly. It doesn't necessarily give us UVB. Right. It's prolonged sun exposure that gives us UVB. Yes, I that's mean, true. Yeah, for, yeah. Basically, for for, ba- for daily use, for yeah. daily function, to know what's going on. That's that's right. what that is. So mm-hmm. okay. And then you'll hear some people say, "Well, I'm just going from my car to the office and back." Well, do you work next to a window because that sun is coming right through that window? Mm-hmm. Well, and Charity, my cousin, she likes to participate. I love it. She's so fun. She says, "Hey, Ethan, what are your top five favorite serums for combination skin for women in late 30s, early 40s?" I'm going to augment that question just a little bit to, okay. because we're a little pressed for time because five serums, I mean, you can give a five serum thing, but just give like a 30 second breakdown of serum for okay. listeners who are not charity. Cause it sounds like charity understands the purpose of a serum and she's looking for an actual solution okay. for her problem. But just give 30 seconds on what a serum is. Maybe give her the top five, no explanation and then give her your top one. Because she's in her late 30s, early 40s. Okay, great. Um, Hi, Charity. Um, So, as I said before, actually, um, hyaluronic acid, vitamin C, and retinol are all great places for you to go uh, for the next step in your routine. So, and all of those work best in serum form. So, um, I would do, I would drop your serums into your morning routine, vitamin C first, followed by your hyaluronic acid. And then in the evening, you would use your retinol serum um, right before your moisturizer every time. Um, so those are three for you right there. Um, and the, you know, there are all kinds of brands that you can explore and search in your price range, whatever that might be. So what would be your top? So give her, give her an, if, if money's not, you know, money's always a factor, but like something that's doable for most people, give her a brand name for that retinol for that. What is it? Hyaluronic Hyaluronic acid. Yeah. Yeah. Give her the, give her the name brand. So she know what to buy. Well, let's see right now. My favorite, 
hyaluronic acid serum would probably be uh, from Caudalie, uh, C-A-U-D-A-L-I-E. Mm. They have Mathilde. a they have a serum called. That's uh, who created it, by the way. That's why. I think they have a serum. I think they changed the name. I think they now call it the thirst quenching serum. Mm. But that's a great hydrating serum. Um, Can you buy that at Ulta? You, I think so. I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe online. Because mm-hmm. I know you can at Sephora, but I know where Charity lives. There's a so there's an Ulta nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as vitamin C, uh, actually a great place to go for all of these, to be honest, would be a French brand, another French brand called La Roche Posay, which you that's can, what I use, which you can get at Target. Ulta or Target or a lot of places. Um, but they just came out with a family of three serums. One is hyaluronic acid, one is vitamin C, and one is retinol. And she they're all asked great. specifically for thirty late thirties, early forties. Does mm-hmm. that matter? It does in a way. Um, it, it's not cut and dry. But it's generally considered that, you know, when you're in your 20s, all you really need to be doing is what we've talked about. Wash your face, exfoliate, moisturize, SPF. Because I'm moving into my 30s. I'm, I'm getting deeper into the 30s. Once you hit your 30s, mm-hmm. and again, this is not cut and dry. It's different for everybody. But once you hit your 30s, that's when you can start looking into these sort of long-term preventative things like vitamin C and retinol. Mm-hmm. Then once you get a little bit older, maybe into your 40s, um, and you start losing some of that volume in your skin, then you can incorporate like hyaluronic acid and peptides and things that are going to plump and firm and sort of keep the skin looking youthful. Which I will say, Charity is my cousin on the Whitlock side. And the Whitlocks is where I got this skin. So, I mean, yeah, Charity's doing She's pretty looking good. pretty great. Charity's doing pretty good. Um, another thing you can look for if you experience any kind of like breakouts still is uh, an ingredient called niacinamide in a serum uh, is wonderful. Um, there's a brand at Target called Versed. Uh, and they have a really nice, pretty affordable um, niacinamide serum. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Uh, I think we got time for one more. It's a multi-part question from Taylor. Okay. She says, <laughs> she says, you're laughing. <laughs> she, I, she's a little wordy, but I okay. like it. My pores are roughly the size of Kanye West's ego. Por, pore strips don't work. And mm. my pore vacuum gave me a hickey on my chin. No. <laughs> on top of not really working. How do I clean the gunk from my pores? I've tried an extraction tool, but wasn't very impressed. Oh my! That you just gave me a minor stroke, Taylor, <laughs> because that just kept getting worse. No shade to you, I get it, but well, I mean, we we do like somebody who's like. There's people who are timid about skincare, yeah. and then there's people who are like, I'm "I'll try this it. now." I'm mm-hmm. a, she said it. I'm gonna do it. So we get these tools, we get this stuff. They jump in full, feet first. So where do you want to begin with that? So the place I want to begin with that is to anyone within earshot of me, please, oh please, do not use any kind of quasi professional tools on your face. The vacuums don't do it. The microdermabrasion machines don't do it. I mean, did she answer her own question? Not really. I mean, for the fact that my poor vacuum gave me a hickey on my chin i mean is that it bursts blood vessels exactly. that's what a hickey is yep exactly um so that's the answer to that question right there yeah just don't do it it's just Stop it. it's more damaging on other parts of your skin yep than your pore i'm sorry you wasted your money but don't do it um extraction tool be careful you can hurt yourself with those if you don't know if you're not careful with it um they hurt too yeah, you do, do it to me and in the facials you give me they hurt i hate them but and, i need them and the pore strips don't do it like the pore strips might seem like they're doing something, but they're really just pulling hair out of the follicles around the nose. And when you look at it, it might look like, oh, those are the blackheads. But it's really just hair that has dirt attached to it. So it looks so, like it's something more. It looks like a plug and it's really not. So just, you know, soothe your soothe your ego a little bit, Taylor, because we've just told you every single thing you're doing is wrong. Exactly. Um, but you are, I've seen I'm, I've seen your picture. You've you got great skin. Um, so what should she be doing right? So what she should be she, doing. I mean, the problem here is she's got big pores and mm-hmm. they're full of gunk mm-hmm. and she's tried all the wrong things to get rid of that gunk and mm-hmm. shrink her pores. So now let, what's the, what's the right stuff? So this is a great example of why exfoliation is magic because that's what you should be doing. Um, with an acid, not a scrub, you specifically want some kind of an acid exfoliation treatment that's going to over time, dissolve the stuff that's built up in the pores and has caused them to stretch. And then once the pores are 
clear and there's no longer any kind of blockage in them, then over time you'll notice them slowly. It's going to take some time, but it'll, they'll slowly start to become less evident. Um, you might always, it'll take a long time. Trust me, I still see mine on the nose specifically for, uh, for those to just go away. But you'll notice like if you notice them around your forehead and around your chin and around like under the eyes, that area of the cheeks, you'll see those start to diminish as you continue to do the right type of exfoliation. Um, like I said, if you tend to have more oily skin, then you want salicylic acid. If you have less oily, like more dry skin, you probably want to start with a glycolic or a lactic acid. Again, in a toner form or a serum form, either way. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, all right. Um, like I said, I had a lot more questions, but we'll come back for a part two. I'll come back sometime soon. Cause I know as a treat, as sort of a, a teaser for the next one, mm-hmm. our rest, the rest of our questions, we're going to get into some strong opinions that I have about the beauty industry and yep. that could go for hours. So, um, I want to thank you for coming on to the show and being the first to test out this new equipment I got. To thank make you. The, make the podcast sound good. Can't wait to hear what it hears like. Um, hear what it hears like. Hear it. Sounds like. Hear what it sounds like. Thank you. That's what you're trying to say. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Thanks for coming. And if you are uh, interested in more skincare, Ethan's Skincare Central is his Instagram. He posts Mm -hmm. uh, suggestions. He posts product reviews on his um, daily feeds, and he would be happy to answer any questions, um, get in the nitty gritty. So Taylor, this might be a good opportunity for you to hop on over to, uh, Instagram and let Ethan help you find, if you're a tool techie person, which I get, I'm a tool techie person. I released my Clarisonic very trepidatiously, (laughs) but I don't use it anymore because it's a vigorous tool on my face. But I get it. I'm a techie person in my entire life. So go on over to Ethan's Instagram and write him uh, privately, and he'll give you some tips and tricks to make your skin glow and be beautiful. Um, His Instagram handle is at Ethan H. Ham. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Kyle L. Henderson. And if you are a Facebook person, you can hop on over to the Facebook page um, and join the group called Not For Nothing. And that there's a conversation going on there, too. Also, if you're a fan of Twitter, I'm on there, too. You can follow me at Kyle L. Henderson. And now we are going to go for a drive. But since I'm going outside, I'm going to apply my SPF. That's right, you are. See you later. And also, uh, Twitter fans, tw- no, stupid. Um, and also, if you are on Twitter, you can follow me at Twitter. 